everybody. It's Shekulala Salami. It's the Shekulala Salami show. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Um, today I'm just feeling really, so, you know, hopefully as the day progresses, you know, see, like, I don't know, sometimes people say you should all, you know, when you're hosting a show, you should always be, yes, I'm good and I'm ready to go. But I just feel like my throat, you know, when you feel the symptoms of a sore throat coming on, so that's why I'm feeling very, ugh, but it's good. I, I'm, I've got um, lemon infused water waiting for me in a second. Um, but anywho, who have I got here with me today? Uh, John Polis from the U.S. I'm happy to be with you today. Hello, John from the U.S. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well, and I'm uh, just excited to know that there are a lot of people listening today who may find uh, something that's going to be helpful to their life. Uh, Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me about yourself. Okay, uh, I am a 68-year-old man. Uh, I am married to the same woman for 45 years, have eight adult children, or four adult children, rather, and eight grandchildren. Uh, I'm a, a former U.S. Marine, a Vietnam veteran, uh, I'm an author of 11 books, and I've been a uh, pastor, a minister uh, of the gospel for the last uh, 44 years of my life, and I've uh, been involved in traveling the nations and, and doing a lot of leadership training and uh, teaching people how to succeed in their life. Fabulous. Well, you've got, you've got a lot, you know, under your belt. Um... Yeah. So how many years did you say you've been married now? I've been married 45 years wow. to, the, to the same lady. <laughs> yes. No, of course. Of course. That's, that's quite, that's quite good. Um, I always think that, you know, people who do that, they're very, very inspiring. Um, okay. So did you mention you've written some books or am I just have, am I hearing? No, I, I've written 11 books. And, and a, a number of uh, a number of other training manuals, but uh, uh, if I might mention about marriage, hmm. uh, that that uh, might be helpful to someone listening. That uh, when I got out of the service in 1970, uh, having been you know in a combat zone, uh, had wounded uh, in 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 uh, in battle, uh, I came home from the military. Uh, fairly uh, traumatically impacted and uh, really not ready for relationship and uh, tried to uh, solve my, my problems uh, and my pain with drugs and alcohol. I had a pretty long bout with alcohol and, and drug abuse. Actually, it was about four years. And uh, right away, when I got out of the service, of course, I was in the, in the club in a bar, in a pub, whichever country's listening. And uh, I met a young lady and, and we rushed into a marriage relationship, which only lasted a year. And uh, we ended up in divorce. And then it was after that that I met my, my, my present wife of all these years. Uh, and, and I say that to say that sometimes uh, people get involved in relationships before they're really emotionally mature enough to handle that relationship. And I, I have found out being married to the same woman now for 45 years that uh, 
uh, longevity is the key to fulfillment in a relationship uh, because love, love is what everybody's looking for. And love is, I think, what we were created for, uh, to, to, to love and be loved. And, uh, and we learned that love, of course, from, from, from our creator who loved us and created us. But um, love, love is, is like anything else that grows to maturity in phases. Uh, I believe everybody listening today would agree that, that uh, we, we grow progressively to maturity in, in basically three stages, babyhood, childhood, manhood. And all of life is like that. It seems like we, we, uh, we, we reach our potential in those, in those three phases. And love is that way. Uh, and love starts out as infatuation. And, but infatuation doesn't last forever. In fact, the older you get, the more you'll find that out. Uh, infatuation has to move to a more of an appreciation. Love matures from you know, that chemical, uh, first chemical response that we have with another person and the things we like about, we're infatuated with one another, we enjoy each other's company. Uh, but then after we've been together for a while, that infatuation kind of changes to appreciation where I begin to appreciate my mate now, not just because we, she makes me feel good or we like to have fun together, we like the same things, but because I see what kind of a person she is and how she handles her struggles and, and the battles that she's gone through and how she has overcome them. And so my, my love is maturing to an, uh, an appreciation. Uh, but then there's, there's another level which can only really be experienced with longevity in relationship. And the reason I'm saying this is because people will be going from one relationship to the next uh, in a short term trying to experience what can only come through longevity in a relationship because love has to mature until we get to, to that level, which I believe uh, is, is unification, infatuation, appreciation, and then unification. You know, the, the, the scripture teaches and, and many, many religious writings, I'm sure that, uh, uh, that the two become one, you know, that there's a unification that takes place in a, in a husband and a wife relationship uh, that where they actually become one, uh, not just one in flesh, but, you know, they've learned so each other so well that they just kind of move together, not as independence, but as, as, as one unit, uh, even though they're, in, they're, they're uniquely their own individual person. But when it comes to that relationship, it's a unit. They're, they're one now. And uh, okay. love has reached a great level when we reach that point. And is that what your books are about? Uh, one of my books is, it, it talks about that. It's called The Five Battles That uh, Every Person Must Win in Life. Uh, the battle for truth, uh, the battle for your faith, the battle for your family, uh, the battle for your vocation or in my, in my, from my standpoint, um, a ministry, uh, a battle for your soul, mm. your mind. Are you typing as well? Am I, pardon? Are you typing? Am I typing? Yes. As we talk? Yes. No. 
It's just because I can hear something in the background. I've been wondering what that was for a while now. No, huh? no, I'm just sitting here in my chair, <laughs> not huh, typing. Oh, huh. it's kind of like one of those ones where it feels like technology is just doing its own funny thing. Because as you talk, there is this sound, and it was almost like you were typing as you talk as as, as you go along. But no one, go do carry on. So when did you write your first book? I wrote my first book in uh, 1995. Uh, okay. I, I wrote a couple mini books, two or three mini books before I, I published a, a larger book, you know, like a 120 page book okay. in uh, 1995. And how did you publish it? Uh, the, my first books were published by a publishing company, uh, McDougal Publishing Company. And uh, uh, I, I enjoyed the process the, the last number of books I've, I've self-published. Uh, okay. So it's, it's been a great, a great, a great um, confidence builder to be able to write a book. I, I think probably a lot of people have something they want to share, but they don't feel like uh, who would listen to me or who wants to hear what I have to say. And we have to overcome that, that low self-esteem and, and low self-image in order to really say, hey, I've got something worthwhile that, that needs to be shared and I'm going to write it. So I had to overcome that mental block myself before I started writing. But uh, since I got started, wrote that first book and then it's like dominoes, you know, you, you just yeah. keep writing. Yeah. I always ask this to, pop, um, to authors who come on the show who have worked with um, traditional publishers and self-published, right? What did you, why did you, so when your first book was, published by this publisher why did you then move to self-publishing uh primarily for economic reasons uh we my my own organization grew to where we had the in-house uh, facility in our media department where we could design our own covers uh you do the own do our own editing and and uh, then there are many there are many uh, print on demand places now where you can get quality work done at a real reasonable price. And of course, with Amazon and media, you know, as far as distributing, you really don't need a publisher for distributing anymore like you used to, you know, so you can self-publish and, and be successful uh, as uh, doing your own marketing. If you can, if you have the capability with in-house to, to create your own, your own book, which we do. Oh, fabulous. So would you ever go back to, um, working with a proper trade publisher or now that you've got your own thing, you're just happy to continue doing it yourself? Oh, well, I would if one of the major publishers uh, got a hold of one of my books and, and wanted to publish it. And if it would be something that would be lucrative enough uh, and we know we would get the, uh, the widespread distribution from a, from a big name publisher. Sure. I, I haven't been, uh, selected as of yet by any of those big publishers so but if that day comes yeah i would definitely do it oh fabulous um so all your books are they all religious uh yes they are they're all religious but you know when you talk about religion uh you 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 can look at it from different different perspectives it, most people think of religion they're thinking of behavior modification uh, and, and it's not necessarily about behavior. I think our faith will affect our behavior. It should, or if it's not really a valid faith. But uh, really, 
like most of my my writings are taken from scripture but i read a lot of other uh a lot of other material and glean from a lot of sources but i have found that for me the bible uh is pretty much a book of success in life and uh, i mean if you look at people like king solomon who wrote the proverbs who was one of the wealthiest men of all time and accomplished some great things built built some great buildings he was a great architect a great builder and many many of the people in the bible were were very successful because they implemented uh, principles that work for everybody, whether you're religious or not. Uh, you know, m many people have practiced uh, biblical principles without knowing that they were biblical because they were truth. Mm -hmm. And for example, you, you have many of your, your tycoons here in America that, that became highly successful, whether it was Andrew Carnegie or uh, people of that level that, uh, started big businesses like a company named Woolworth uh, and, and many others uh, that started out by giving and believing that, that if they gave, that uh, it was like a seed that they sowed that would produce a harvest. And those people give the, the principle of, of giving a lot of credit for their success. So, you know, there's, there's principles that we can learn uh, without even considering ourselves to be religious, but there are eternally true principles. You know, it's like the universe uh, based upon mathematics. You know, those those principles everybody benefits from, whether they whether they understand them or not, and they'll never change them. You know, you, you're not going to change the, the the mathematic code. Uh, you can only use it, or, or electricity, or or any of the other any of the other uh, things in nature that we've learned to uh, cooperate with these laws of nature and be benefited by them, which again, all would lead us back to the idea that we do have a creator somewhere, whatever God people believe in, we, we have a creator out there somewhere that this, uh, all of this intelligent design couldn't have happened from a big bang. In my view, I was in a big bang in 1970 and I, I know I was involved in a huge explosion that, that uh, put me in the hospital for seven months there in Southeast Asia. Uh, after a big explosion, all you have is chaos. You don't have order. But anyway, uh, people can benefit from, from like the writings of the Bible without necessarily saying, hey, I'm a Christian hmm. because there's truth in there. There's truth in there. It's, it's funny you say that, though, because a few weeks ago, um, I can't remember the exact date now, um, another author came on the show, um, mm. and he had read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and he found the Bible to be quite um, interesting. Um, and so he then wrote his own book based on what he discovered in the Bible, and if I remember correctly, I do have baby brain, so uh, forgive me if I don't remember. I think he said his book was tough, so he's called Martin Kennedy. So he was on the show, the Shagalala Salami show, a few weeks ago, and his book was called He Said It, I Didn't, right? And he was saying that you know, a lot of people believe so much in everything that the Bible has to say, but there are some gaps 
in some of the things that the Bible said, you know, which he found was quite um, interesting. And so he was saying, you know, that people should, you know, okay, believe what you have to believe, but, you know, there are um, choices out there. Um, so I'm just trying to see, oh, no, there, give me two seconds and I will see if I can um, sort of find something and I'll read it out loud for you. So it's quite interesting that you come. So it's literally, it's like I have the Bible in the middle and then one person who says, oh yes, well, these are some things that I found in the Bible that I didn't particularly agree with. And then there's this other person being, in this case, you, who is like, yes, everything in the Bible, you know, is correct. So he did share a snippet um, from the, oh yes, and I do remember now. So one of the things that he was saying in, when he'd come on, and this was something that I had watched when I watched the 10, no? Yes, it was the Ten Commandments. I watched it. I didn't uh, watch it. Where he was saying that, if I remember, and please forgive me if my memory is not as sharp. I, I have baby brain, so if I remember correctly, so when this guy Martin Kennedy came on the show a few weeks ago, one of the things he said that he found when he read the Bible was in one of the chapters. So this was the beginning where. Um, Moses was trying to get the Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. Mm -hmm. um, and so early on, Pharaoh was going to let them go, but then God hardened his heart and didn't let him let the Israelites go. And, you know, we then had to fast forward to scenes where you know, God then punished the Egyptians and all of those things. So he was now going, well, this was a person, you know, we've got free will. He's, um, you know, he was thinking, oh, maybe I should let these people go. But then God, you know, interfered with his free will by hardening his heart and not letting him let them go. And then ended up punishing people and, you know, putting fire and brimstone, pestilence, whatever you have it, you know, to prove a point, whereas that point was proven earlier on, you know, so this was, you know, that was one of the many things that he said he found was quite interesting in the Bible. Aha, uh -huh, I see. Yeah, well, there are, there are many, uh, many things that, uh, that we read in scripture that we have to really go back and examine uh, the culture and their understanding of, of things in that day. Uh, as well as the original language. You know, for example, uh, in the Old Testament, now, if we really want to take a look at this, in the Old Testament, uh, the, the Bible teaches a reality of, of an evil being. And, of course, we know there's evil in the world. Uh, the Bible calls it sin, uh, and, and, and it's attributed to the devil. Uh, and, and the Scripture teaches a lot about the devil. But in the Old Testament, people didn't really have spiritual understanding of the devil. That, that's, that revelation or that understanding didn't come until after Christ was risen from the dead and the Holy Spirit came upon people and gave them understanding in the New Testament. Uh, so they didn't really have the spiritual understanding that, that a person in the New Testament has. And so they would attribute a lot of things that actually the devil did to God, because they didn't, they, they didn't understand the spiritual world. Uh, 
so and in fact people do that today they they will attribute uh, bad things that happened to god because they don't understand the spiritual world and that there is a evil uh being there and and as the bible teaches whom i have personally encountered on many occasions in different places but uh, uh we have to understand when we when we read the bible that it depicts god as a good god and that's the first thing that that if you're going to interpret scripture you have to know something about the nature and the person of god for example go back to the book of genesis chapter one it talks about creation and and at every stage it said and god looked upon it and said it was good you know when we look at the world natural natural world okay not don't think about mankind but think about the world itself we'd say man the world's good you wake up in the morning you see that sunrise it's good you go to the ocean you you you, you look at the awesomeness of the ocean you say man it's good you go to go to go to a game reserve and see the animals and wow in their natural habitat and it's good and and uh you you eat a a, a piece of fruit from a tree say wow it's good i'm i got taste buds i'm i'm glad i have taste buds because otherwise i wouldn't really be able to appreciate this fruit you know and you say wow it's good you know that nature is good creation is good that says to me the creator's good but then we look at man and we say well now the problem in this world if you everything would be good if we took man out because he's creating all the problems and and that's where we again the the bible gives us insight into into the fall of man and, and his nature and the fact that man has basically uh, got evil in his heart i mean look at it uh when we talk about uh slavery or child child slavery or the the the, the terrible uh, slave child slavery rings going on around the world or uh, the the abuse of, of mankind one to another uh, the lack of respect for for another person's human rights uh, that's evil and so you know we have to ask ourselves the question if all of creation is good uh, you know but man seems to have a problem with evil yeah, and the, how, how do we explain that? And, and the Bible has an explanation for that. Of course, different religions have different explanations, but the Bible has its own explanation. But my point is this, God did not create man evil. Something happened to man after creation that, that made him evil, and that's where we find the teaching of Satan who tempted, uh, tempted man to sin, became a disobedient, and man became disobedient by nature. I mean, think about children. If you if you have any, I don't. Maybe your listeners will relate to this. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to teach a child to be disobedient. They automatically do it. You have to teach them to be obedient. Uh, when 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 I I raised my four children, I uh, up till you know the the first few months till they began to be aware of, uh, of the ability to make choices. Uh, people call it the age of accountability till they were able to, to choose, you know, they were basically innocent. But when it came time where they could choose, it seems like they would start choosing automatically the wrong thing or choosing, you know, uh, to, to disobey or be rebellious. It seems to be in the nature of man. Uh, and, and all of this, all of these things corroborate what the Bible teaches about man. You can look at civilization and through the lens of the Bible and, and, uh, and you can, you can see the validity of, of scripture you know 
the, the thing about the Bible is this. It was written over a period of 1,600 years by more than 40 different authors who lived at different time periods and never read each other's writings or never met one another, but yet there's a consistent theme running throughout the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, which, which indicates, you know, an overseeing influence on those writers. And that's what the Apostle Paul said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and holy men of God uh, spake as they were moved by the, by the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot of questions about certain things, but I think uh, if, if we look in general at the overall theme of things, uh, we will find out that the, the Bible is a trustworthy book. Uh, personally, I've been a Bible-believing person for the last 45, six years of my life and have studied it uh, intensively for thousands of hours. Uh, and um, the things that I've not been able to quite understand, I I not in ignorance, you know, check your brain out when you start believing in the Bible. But because I have that understanding that God is good, I, I say things that I don't quite understand yet. Uh, I, I have to filter this through the lens of the nature and character of, of the author of the Bible. I know he's a good God and he's been good to me and, and he creation's good. Uh, so therefore, if there's something I don't understand, I'm not going to start finding fault with God right away uh, because I don't understand something or, or discredit him because there's too much evidence that he's good and uh, that uh, the other guy's the bad guy. <laughs> you know, when Jesus came, he, uh, he, he explained a lot of this to us. And in fact, you know, you read the, the New Testament and, and people from all religions read the Bible. So, you can read, anybody can read the New Testament, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see Jesus was here in a warfare with the devil. He cast demons out, and he, he attributed any bad thing happening to people to the devil and his demons. If they were sick, Jesus attributed that, that sickness to, to, uh, to the devil and, and uh, went about doing good and healing. The Bible said all who were oppressed of the devil. So uh, we, we, we can learn a lot by reading it ourselves, And again, what did Jesus do? He only did good. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to, to, to reveal the attributes of the invisible creator, who's a spirit being, in, in, a, in a human body, the incarnation of Christ, as we as Christians believe anyway. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, and we see him doing good, and we see... Biblical Christianity has created Western civilization, which has become the greatest way of living and lifestyle in the history of the recorded history of man. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, you talk about we have our problems, but man created the problems, not God. Man created his, his own problems. I and think if he, we would um, agree, though, because, um, you know, I said and this is something that I'm actually a strong believer that you know, and, you know, for, for when I guess for the first time in my life, you're the first pastor that I would say I would ever agree with where it says that actually man, humanity, we're, we're really responsible for all the problems on earth, irrespective of how or why, or if it's the devil or whatever it is, 
that influences <laughs> man, whatever is the cause, it still boils down to man, you know, as being the problem of everything that's, true. that's going on on earth, you know, which I definitely do agree um, with. Um, and this was what, you know, Martin and I, you know, we sort of concluded because I felt that, you know, the Bible, you know, was written by human beings. And you said, and I think if I remember you saying correctly, you said there were like 40 different authors. That's right. The Bible across different timelines. Yes, 1600 years. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we can then definitely see why, you know, there might be, you know, questions that a lot of people, you know, would have um, around the contents of the Bible. Um, sorry, I had to clear my throat for a second. Yes, you know, and I know that I've seen, um, you know, parts of the Bible that I thought, hmm, this doesn't really, you know, make sense to me. But hey, you know what, you know, two different people, I feel like I've just had a debate across two, you know, two different weeks, right? And, uh -huh. you know, we sort of come, you know, very roundabout way, come and, you know, sort of gotten to the same um, conclusion. So hopefully as 2019 progresses, you know, we should, mankind, because there was a time I put a comment and I said, man, and everyone was like, but what about women? So mankind, I think I have to be more specific. Yeah. Mankind, you know, hopefully as the year progresses, you know, we will be kinder to each other. We would preach love, you know, and be more loving to each other and be more compassionate to each other. And hopefully the problems that we have in the world would sort of gradually start to um, reduce. So it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, having you on the show and hearing your perspective and sort of being able to come to the same conclusion, right? So yes, there's the first pastor that I've actually ever agreed with. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, I'm glad. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so what, I always ask this, right? Before I kick you out, because it's just come to that time of the day where I have to kick, I kick everybody out of the show, right? So right. before I kick you out, okay. what five pieces of wisdom are you going to leave with the listeners of the show, right? But in a non-preachy way, you know, because right. I'm not, I'm not, I believe in God, but I'm not religious. And my understanding of God or the way that I look at God and my cultural background, you know, it will probably be very different to the average, you know, religious person. So what five pieces of advice would you leave to anyone, anywhere from a non-religious sort of point of view? Okay, that's a good one. Uh, I think that uh, a person is known by the company they keep. Okay. Uh, uh, a wise man said, he that walks with a wise man will be wise and the companion of fools will be uh, destroyed. We have to understand the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Uh, wisdom comes to experience and knowledge can be acquired, you know, without experience. Uh, so it's, it's the wisdom is the important thing. And wisdom is reflected in the choices people make. So my advice to people would be to find people who are wise and learn from their wisdom. Walk with wise people. You become wise. Wisdom is evidenced by the choices that it makes and the outcome of those choices that benefit not only the individual, but other people around them. So look for those wise people who, whose wisdom is is. is reflected in their good choices and the benefits that they have produced 
and uh, you'll, you'll have a better life and become more of a wise person. Very true. Is that like two? That is truth. Absolutely. So are we going to get five or just two? Oh, I'm sorry. What, what, what do you, did you, I'm sorry. I missed something there. No, I said, can you give us five? But if you've only got two, oh, we'll take oh, two. Give us, oh, give us five. Okay. Well, here's another big one. Forgive. Uh, don't wait uh, to, to, to make someone else uh, repay you for the wrong that they've done before you forgive them. Because it is an eternal principle that if you remain in, in unforgiveness, you keep yourself in a prison of torment because you relive that pain over and over again unnecessarily. And the only way you can, you can get free from the torment is to forgive and, and release another person from the, the wrong or the injustice that they've done to you. I've, I've had to learn that in my own life. And I think any, any, any good psychologist will, will tell you the same thing. So learning to be a forgiving person, uh, walking with wise people who make good choices, uh, realizing that love is, is only experienced in its fullness over time, longevity, uh, wait for the right person to marry and, and, and then make a commitment to stay together for life. But before you get married, uh, get to know one another, not just physically, uh, because that's, the, the, that word love is eros, it's erotic, it, and that's really not mature love. Uh, so learn to know a person emotionally, learn to know a person uh, intellectually, and of course, learn to know a person spiritually. What do they believe? Uh, and, and then you will you'll have more of a, of a chance of having a long life relationship that will evolve into that becoming one and really having the fruit of, of, of love that can only be experienced over time. So I hope those will be helpful to people. Yes, no, that's very true. Thank you so very much. Um, and are you on social media? I am. I'm on Facebook, uh, John Polis. Uh, I'm there. Uh, my church, if anybody wants to check me out there, is, is Faith Church uh, International. And uh, I have videos, and you can go to my bookstore, and uh, you might have some some people out there that that uh, are are interested in learning more about the Bible. If they are, we have a lot of resources there. Uh, JohnPolis.com is my is my uh, personal bookstore and product site, and uh, I would be happy to to hear from anybody. Fabulous. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show um, and having a most enjoyable conversation. Well, I'm glad. I thank you so much. I've enjoyed talking to you as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, well, you've heard Pastor John Polis. Um, and if you do find anything that he said interesting, you're welcome to go and contact him. Um, and until next time, I'm Shagilola Salami, and it is the Shagilola Salami Show. If you do like listening to the show, and I never used to do this before, maybe I should, anyway. But if you do like listening to the show, please do leave a review of the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you normally leave the sh um, or, um, 
wherever you normally listen to the show. And if you do know anyone who liked you, who you think would benefit from listening to the show, then I would totally appreciate it if you can recommend the show to someone. Um, so until next time, it's the Shagilola Salami show and I'm Shagilola Salami. Bye now. Bye-bye.